I want to be strong, to have the flexibility and confidence to play soccer with my kids or volleyball on the beach. I want to feel energetic and spontaneous with my husband. I want my body to feel the freedom to move and enjoy life, to hike Yosemite, surf in Hawaii, bike to the beach, to have fun with friends and not be limited. I want to do things that love my body, to feel and experience all the sensations of life. I want my body to be a force in nature that overcomes difficulty and resistance. I believe in health and wellness and daily consistent exercise. I'm here today with Melanie Sanukian. She is grateful to be 44 years old. She's married to Luke with four awesome kids. She graduated with her Master's of Arts in Communication Studies at Cal State Fullerton. She's one of the directors of Trades of Hope, and we graduated together in 1996, uh, lived in the same dorm, and recently on Facebook, we reconnected because Melanie bought one of my 30 Day Strong Challenges. Woo-hoo. <laughs> And I had the opportunity to buy a fair trade scarf from Trades of Hope. So it was really cool to be able to support each other in our businesses Mm -hmm. and our passions. And we've just been able to reconnect and really happy to have you on here. So welcome, Melanie. Happy to be here and have an excuse to see you in person again. I know. This is great. Yeah. So tell me about your journey towards health. Oh, gosh. Well, um, it's something that has always been a value in one way or another, and there are certain parts of it that I'm more drawn to than others. Um, I think I'm um, more drawn towards the healthy eating side of things, but not as oriented towards exercise. Uh, I think I'd rather be like watching Netflix or learning or reading or doing things that require being more sedentary. And so um, my husband's more health and exercise oriented than I am. And then I'm the one that makes everybody eat more healthy in my family, yeah. you know. So we're a good team that way. But I'm always looking for and realizing, which is why when I stumbled upon what you were doing was a good fit, is that I've realized I'm relationally motivated to exercise. So if I know other women are doing it with me, even if it's online and people are posting pictures and we're encouraging one another, that's helpful for me to know rather than just having to do it isolated. Mm -hmm. So that's what I love about um, the Balance by Beth group is being able to see other women and and have the same goals. Um, And then I also need variety. I'm not one of those that can just go for a run every day. Mm -hmm. That just feels like so monotonous to me. And so the fact that you change things up and give certain body parts a rest when they need them um, and then move on to other things because I recognize that, you know, in my 40s, I want to grow old with strength. And Mm -hmm. you kind of start to feel like your body can break down around this age if you don't put some intention into it. So I think I'm tall and I'm kind of slender. And so I could sort of get away with not with having seasons of not exercising. But now it's not about you know, so much about weight for me as it is about being strong. Mm. Um, Like I haven't haven't even told you this, but I remember um, my husband's work. He works at a school. They did like an American Ninja Warrior course. And I took my kids over after school for them to try it out. And I thought, oh, I'll try it. And I did one of those. I I did pretty well on the balance things, whatever. But I did the where you swing across the rope to the other side. 
I couldn't even hold my body weight up. No. I was like, what? And the last time you did that, you probably could. Oh, yeah. Which was like probably 20 years ago. <laughs> Maybe more. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I just figured, you know, I had those years of having like t- four toddlers in a row. Surely my arms are strong. And I was shocked. I tried it a couple times. And I'm. it's not like yeah. a fluke the first time. Like uh-huh. I couldn't hold my own body weight up. Yeah. And that felt weird to hmm. me. Like, huh, I feel like that's something a, a human should be able to do. I don't know. And so then um, I also read this book called Younger Next Year for Women. The subtitle is Live Strong, Fit, and Sexy Until You're 80 and Beyond. And um, I think it really impacted me because they went back and forth between this really funny star patient in his 70s of this doctor. And they co-authored the book together. So the doctor would lay out like the mean details of what it looks like to age if you're not taking care of yourself. And then the um, 73-year-old you know, author, I think his name was Crowley, would Chris Crowley, he would say he would give these hilarious anecdotes of how out of shape he was and then what it took to get back into shape. And so that was really, I think, interspersing it with this, these humorous things really made me pay attention to, wow, I'm, I'm heading down a natural, the, the other end of a bell curve. And if I don't do something about it, um, it could get ugly quick. And so it was real, a real motivator for me. So how do you practice self-care? Um, well, I think first knowing yourself, like knowing who you are. And I think I've made a lot of choices to, um, well, first of all, be in jobs that have reflected the things that I feel naturally gifted at and the things that I don't. I think I'm in communities um, with friends who speak into who I am and who who I'm not. And, um, and even just some you know, strengths finders and, you know, Myers-Briggs testing that really have given me permission to say, wow, these are actually things that I feel gifted in and I have a lot of joy when I do them. And these are things that make my eyes glaze over and I hope I never have to do them again. Yeah. But maybe I'll have to get better at that and just kind of and grin and bear it because life requires those things mm-hmm. too. But I think doing that and then in, and then making choices to live out of my giftings and the things that I'm naturally good at which bring a lot of joy I think then that joy can carry over into the things that that I have to do um and so yeah finding that balance of mm-hmm. of doing things that I enjoy and then making myself do the important things that I don't enjoy um with the energy I got from the things I just enjoyed yeah that's good finding that balance so what led you to partnering with trades of hope Well, um, I am a mom of four kids, and I think it was when my oldest was 10 and my youngest was two, definitely 10 years of uh, being a a stay-at-home mom. Um, I love it. It's one of the best. It's my primary calling. It's one of the best things I've ever done. But I think I felt like the walls were starting to cave in, like I was sort of losing my identity. It was a lot of like ponytail yoga pants, you know, just feeling like I, I was... I don't know, in a, in a cave or something. I just, the walls caving in is kind of the image that I keep thinking about. And so um, at the same time, I'm also a lifelong learner. And so I would be reading more about things that were going on for women around the world and, and their vulnerabilities and the things that the, the evil things that were happening to them and the difficult things were, that were happening to them. And I'm thinking, I feel like I have to do more than just take care of my own. Like I want to have some sort of global impact, but I don't I don't know how. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, like kind of a separate need and desire that I was thinking about was um, we live in a really expensive part of California and my husband, we're living on a teacher's income and I'm going to have to pull in some supplemental income at some point here. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of women can can relate to that. And so 
when I was having dinner with a friend, we had actually hadn't had an uninterrupted conversation for a while because our kids would always play together. We're like, hey, let's go out to dinner and just enjoy um, each other and, and, and have this conversation. She was wearing this really beautiful bracelet. And the irony is I wasn't wearing a lot of jewelry at the time, like maybe studs that I would keep in for three months at a time or something. I wasn't doing a lot to like, you know, get all gussied up when I was in this life stage. And so it's interesting that I would even ask about her bracelet because I don't remember asking a lot of people about those kinds of things. But when she told me it was made by women in India that are being empowered out of poverty and able to send their kids to school where it's not free to send kids to school, I was like hooked. I I couldn't believe that those two things could come together, that beauty and business could intersect and could make that much of an impact. And so I literally went home it changed the course of our conversation. And then I went home that night and I watched every YouTube video I could find on Trades of Hope and cried till two in the morning because some of the stories are so raw and yet beautiful. And I called her the next day and I said, I want to host a party with you. I want to earn my kit to join. And sure enough, the next month I did. And this that was almost four years ago. And it's wow. been one of my greatest joys. Mm-hmm. So what is it? How would you describe Trades of Hope? Well, Trades of Hope empowers women around the world out of poverty, sex trafficking, slums, sweatshops, and we do it through beauty and through sustainable business. So we actually create jobs for women. We work with 16 different nations around the world, including here in the U.S., because obviously those things exist here as well. And we do it by creating jobs. And then um, our founders, which are two mother-daughter pairs, actually had the wisdom to say, well, not only do we want to do this and have an internet presence and um, we don't want to be in brick-and-mortar stores because that causes the price to go up, what if we made ourselves a direct sales company and we invited women in the United States to have dignified partnerships with those women? And they did this in 2010, and in eight years they've created... 20,000 jobs. And so 13,000 women around the world in 16 nations and 7,000 women here in the United States that are like, um, we call ourselves compassion entrepreneurs. Um, And I'm now a director in the company with a team of compassion entrepreneurs um, that that partner with me. And um, we get an opportunity to do that to whatever degree that we want. Some people just, you know, do like an online party once a week to show off the beautiful fair trade accessories and gifts and decor. Or some people are like me and on a career track and just loving it so much and loving building a sisterhood of women that want to do this. And so it's really a win-win type of business model. But the world's not totally used to that idea of um, helping people by giving opportunities instead of just giving charity, which has its place, but is not a long-term solution Mm -mm. to have the great white hope come in and just write checks or. Yeah. I love this. I love this Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I just think, you know, here in America, we are moms or women looking for work Mm -hmm. (laughs) and to be able to partner with a company that you can literally help each other. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're just the one helping them. They're Mm -hmm. literally helping you. And it's a beautiful partnership. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I've actually been to Haiti and Costa Rica, and I'm going to be going to Guatemala next year. And I've literally sat with the women. And and one of the things that I've, I've learned that it's how it's changed me is I recognize that these women have way more in common with me than we do have different. I mean, they want their kids to get a good education. They want their kids to be able to have full bellies at the end of the night when they go to bed. 
um, they want to have work that isn't just monotonous, but that they can be passionate and creative with. Um, so it's been a real joy. And, and one of my favorite stories that I like to tell <clears throat> when I went to Haiti, one of my friends, Amy, who's also a compassionate entrepreneur, she went on the trip before me, and I remember her sharing with us about the artisan partner that she sat next to um, because they partner you up, and then you roll the clay beads or you see how they roll the cereal box beads. They teach us how to do it, and then we all laugh because we're not as good <laughs> as they are. Um, and and then this gal said in Creole through a translator to my friend Amy, she said, thank you so much for helping me feed my children. Mm-hmm. And Amy, in her wisdom and a quick response, said through the translator, well, thank you for helping me feed mine. Mm-hmm. And that artisan partner put her head on the table and wept. And it was a new layer of understanding for me because I'd been at this for about two to three years that not only are we giving them an opportunity to take care of their families like they have wanted to and are desperate to, and just because we live in a more privileged culture where we can open up the marketplace here and give them better options than what they have there, um, not only do they want to take care of their own but they actually want to know that they're having a global impact somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that's just what happens when you when you meet all of those basic needs and people aren't in survival mode anymore. Suddenly all these desires and things start to awaken. And we're seeing women just rise up out of really dark pasts to have dignity and hope to want to dream again. There's one of our Guatemalan artisan partners that wants to be the president of Guatemala. And it's just so exciting and something that she probably never would have thought about if she were Mm -hmm. still in the situation that she um, came out of to join one of our groups. And so you just see, talk about holistic health, like health is more than just exercise and healthy eating. You you come alive when you're doing something you're passionate about, when you're feeling joy and hope from knowing you're making a difference on this planet. Mm-hmm. And not only are we able to do that as compassionate entrepreneurs, but we're giving them the opportunity to do it as well. And it's it's beautiful. Yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. I think for myself, just this past year, I've gotten more into my Balance by Beth mm-hmm. business. And, you know, we all are trying to put food on the table. I mean, there is no one we are that is not trying to do that. And I just, it's been an interesting journey um, in business mm-hmm. and understanding. Um, I'm just really passionate about what I'm doing. Yeah. I really believe in it. It's a whole different way of thinking for me. Mm -hmm. It's been very challenging. And I think the opportunity for business and that you give that opportunity to women around the world is just really empowering. So thank you for your work. Yeah, it really is. And I think I'd I'd love to say too that I think part of the reason our um, two mother-daughter pairs who founded Trades of Hope in 2010 decided to choose women is because there's something about us that's nurturing and relational and connected and um, drawn towards community. So when you empower a woman out of poverty, statistically, she brings four other women with her. And that's what we've seen as our groups have grown. And as, you know, a woman wants to take care of her family, but she'll also tell the artisan leader, hey, I have a neighbor next door who would love this job as well. And I think we as Americans can learn something from that. Um, I've been surprised, and I, I'm sure you have too, um, when you when sometimes a woman in America starts a business like this or um, 
becomes an entrepreneur or for me being part of direct sales, which sometimes can have a little um, weird. It, it did for me. It was I had kind of a negative opinion towards it. Um, I'm I'm surprised. I've been surprised by how people who I thought would love what I'm doing and would get it were, were very hesitant at first when they first learned. I think not sure what they're afraid of. They're afraid of being pushy or you're being pushy or they're afraid. But I think as what I've learned now being almost four years in is we don't need to compete with one another. We don't need to make judgments about why we're doing what we're doing. I think we need to rally and support one another in what we're doing. And I think when I saw what you were doing and knowing you from college and how you were a very great example of health, even in college, and for then you to use what you what I remember being a passion for you in college to want to use that to bless other people and knowing I needed to be blessed in that way, that I needed some accountability for exercise, that I needed to know what to do, you know, and, and to use my friend's expertise to be a blessing to me um, is what we should be about. And then for, you know, for me to get that email that you bought the two scarves was like, oh, my gosh, she gets it. She wants to we want to support one another. And so I'd love to see that a lot more, especially as the Me Too movement is opening up and women's voices are being heard like never before. This is the time to rally around each other, not feel like we're competing, not Mm -hmm. feel like we're comparing, not making judgments or assumptions about what our motivations are, but how can we support one another in our businesses? Yeah, I can tell you when I saw your name pop Mm -hmm. up that you bought my program, Uh I was thrilled. I mean, it just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I was like, what? Melanie, (laughs) Melanie bought my program. Like it really Uh, meant a lot to me. Yeah. Um, Just to feel like you heard me, you listened, you cared, you want to support me. And then when you um, posted it on your Facebook. Oh yeah. And And you tagged all my friends. Yeah, tagged your friends. And you were just so empowering and encouraging Mm, to me. I mean, those words. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Really meant a lot. Yeah. I think we just want to be seen. And we do. Especially when we're so passionate about something, <laughs> when people can join in us with that is such, yeah. is such a joy. And there's, I haven't had any negative impact from, you know, from people coming up to me. I, as far as I know, I, I don't think anyone, once they've heard me out on Trades of Hope, has felt like I'm, I'm you know, push, st- shoving scarves down their throat or something. You know, it's, it's just... When we are able to listen and push away any of those fears and negative assumptions, I think some real good can come out of it. And as I've shared with you, too, you know, sometimes you have the people who you hope would get it or you assume they would get it and maybe they don't or they, you know, they don't seem interested. But I've had so many women who I never expected to love what I'm doing with Trades of Hope really, really love it. So Mm -hmm. that's neat, too, you know, when you're surprised by the joy of having some random person, you know, purchase something you know beautiful from you because they get it and so that's been encouraging too yeah and another thing in business is I do think how important it is to believe in what you're doing yes so that's something that has really changed for me Mm. because I believe in like health and wellness and strong muscles Mm -hmm. as you age so much so important that I've gotten over my fear of feeling like I'm being pushy 
um, because that's actually kind of an insecurity for me Mm -hmm. is, you know, when I get on Facebook and I put it out there into the world, there's a little insecurity like, oh, my gosh, my friends are are going to think think? I'm pushy, blah, 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 blah. And then I have to silence that Mm -hmm. and go, no, Beth, Mm -hmm. you believe in this. You like you're trying to help. People obviously can say no. And that's. Oh, yeah. And they do. And And then they. Part of the growth is, you know, it's you move part on of to, the growth to keep for asking. me. Yeah. Um, but just how important that is uh, mm-hmm. to find something that yeah. you feel like um, you yeah. believe in. Yeah. And when I've reached out to people, I'll even say, you know, don't confuse my passion for being pushy. Like, and I will say there's a no pressure opportunity to purchase gifts that give back. And so I've learned to use my language to give, let people off the hook who don't want it and not feel like I'm, you know, bugging them. But I mean, with what we're doing, in some ways, it's life or death. And so mm-hmm. sorry if I'm going to offend one out of a thousand of you by asking and sharing what I'm passionate about. I mean, there's women around the world that need advocates, you know, that need. We like to say we're a microphone for their voices because mm-hmm. they're not being heard. And and literally health and wellness and growing strong with age is a life or death matter. That book that I was talking about that I'm going to find the title of. Yes. Um, they were saying that. Uh, I think it was like a, a super like seventy five percent of women who break their hip. That's the beginning um, of a, a, a fast decline towards death. That's right. And I was shocked to hear mm-hmm. that. And I think mm-hmm. that was one of the moments where I was like, I got to take this seriously. I can't just keep pushing it off, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think we need to recognize these are really important issues, and that's why we're so passionate about them, you know. Yeah, I think when you know something, you just want other people to know it. You do. You <laughs> so. do. It's true. Yeah. So why do you think being a part of something bigger helps you? Mm. Well, I think um, when we were kind of writing about this before, if you've heard of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, those of you who are listening, you can look it up. But it's this great kind of triangle based thing. And if, if the the bottom needs of like basic needs that everybody has, shelter, food, clothing, if those needs are are met, it opens you up to recognizing that we have actually higher level needs and desires like um, having a purpose like being part of a community those kinds of things now when our artisan partners were in survival mode that wasn't even they, they weren't even pursuing those things but now that their you know needs are met we're part of the fair trade federation we pair them pay them fair wages and I got to tour homes of single mamas with multiple kids in Haiti who owned their own homes which is not even a thing there and to see that those needs were being met they were able to start dreaming again mm-hmm. and so i think when we when we start being part of something that's bigger than ourselves it's actually healing like we're restoring health to our spirits when we're part of something bigger and it, and it really is something we've been created to, to to desire and to want there was an aching for me in wanting to have a global impact not just take care of my sweet kids but to have to be part of something bigger than myself there was a there was an innate aching in me to do that and and I see it confirmed with our with our artists and partners and I see it confirmed with you when you're like you could just do all of your great exercises on your own but you want to share it with people because it's been so good for you and it could be so we want to have an impact we mm-hmm. want to know that our life here made a difference not just for ourselves but for others mm-hmm. that's good thank you mm-hmm. So tell me a story about a woman that has impacted you. Ooh, there's so many. And that's that's actually what I do. We call ourselves storytellers, you know, because we learn so much through stories and we're so moved by them 
um, and there's so many good ones. But um, the one that's coming to mind right now is a woman named Ya in Cambodia. And unfortunately, there is a practice there called acid attack, where someone could have some dumb little beef against you and throw acid in your face, and it affects you know you physically and your spirit and your emotions, and you lose everything. You you won't be hired for a job. You won't you know you're discriminated against because of what happened to you, and people assume that if it happened to you, you probably deserved it. And so. Um, Yah experienced that and she gives us permission to tell her story she hasn't given a lot of details on why and we don't necessarily need to know but um, we got connected with her um, to begin producing some products from Cambodia and um, I think she was a little hesitant at first we've heard an update from her recently and she said she was a little hesitant at first not sure what to expect and had kind of sequestered herself and um, just was ostracized and uh, she started working with us, and, and when you purchase a Trades of Hope product, they come in beautiful packaging, and they have a tag with a picture of the artisan, one of the artisans from that group who made it, and a description of what the mission is and where the money goes. So whenever you give them as gifts, people realize, oh, this is a gift that gives back. And um, for obvious reasons, Yah didn't want her picture taken, you know. Um, and so uh, she began working with us, and making beautiful products. They have this, this beautiful choker with a pearl right in the center of it that's from Cambodia and a, a beautiful bracelet, and they've done some scarves for us in the past. And Well, within six months of working with us, she actually emailed the company through the leadership there, and she said, I'm ready to have my picture taken now because I'm a businesswoman and I'm proud of what I do. And we were shocked. It was such a beautiful story, and now we do have... Um, pictures of her um, she's been in past catalogs and and it's really just restored her to be able to you know have that purpose fulfilled and know that there are people across the globe that care about her story maybe the people next door don't but there are women around the world that care about her story that are that are advocating for her that are giving her an opportunity to, to put her life back together mm. and we just got an update at <clears throat> one of our local training events um they had a, a, a video of her, and um, I'm sure she, from what I understand, never thought any of this would happen. But since that time that she's been working with us, she came on right around the same time that I did, I believe, around four years. Um, she has gotten married, and she just had her first son in January. Wow. And I was thrilled <laughs> to hear that. So I'm celebrating with her a life that she never thought possible, but just being a businesswoman, um, having hope to continue on after difficult circumstances. And now she goes through the marketplace and she, you know, shops and picks out the raw material. She's brought other women in with her. I mean, she's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I think um, thinking about health mm -hmm. and how important hope is mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. I just don't know how we can feel or be healthy without hope you know um, it's important to take care of our bodies but obviously we're not in them forever right and um, I do think the way we take care of our bodies is a reflection of what's going on inside so if we don't have hope inside I don't know how our externals can even function well um, and so I think we need to find something that gives us hope um, and I'd even offer to say like in our current time, you know, we're part of this argument culture where we're just <clears throat> screaming at each other from 
our own positions. Um, and I think um, I, I felt a sense one time that I was supposed to search for the stories that aren't being told and share them because there's a lot of hope out there. So when I went to Haiti, I was expecting to cry every day. I mean, the things you hear about Haiti on the news and all the terrible things that have happened to them and all, you know, second most impoverished country in the Western Hemisphere and all these, you know, labels. I came back with so much hope from visiting the two groups that we have there. When I walked into one of the artisan groups that employs over 500 people, it literally sounded like a beehive. Like, it was like buzzing. Uh, there were colors splashed. They, they paint everything they can there with the brightest yeah. colors. And, you know, there's art on all the walls. And I just was like, gosh, the sound of work is beautiful. They would break into songs spontaneously. They took us on this whole tour. We got to see all the different play. They cross train them. So they get all these different skills. And, and we just went from place to place in Haiti like that. It was like a tour of hope in Haiti. And I came back and that's been my mission. Like I want to give people a different perspective of what's going on in Haiti. There's hope there. There and and even one of the other artisan groups said, we don't want people to make pity purchases. We make incredible quality products and we want people to make purchases because they're proud to wear our stuff. And, and yeah, and it's just it was just so neat to hear to hear the stories of hope that are coming out of dark places and we need to search for those stories and we need to share those stories and and that's that's what I do. Yeah. And I get paid to do it. It's Thank awesome. You. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Thank so you. Yeah, I like how um, Trades of Hope says uh, that you're offering hope Mm -hmm. by giving business opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think for women here who partner with Trades of Hope, Uh right? So you, you're Uh getting a business opportunity, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then the women there Mm -hmm. are getting a business opportunity. It just seems like a beautiful um, partnership. It it, it really is. Thank you for sharing about that. Yeah. So as we close, what are three practices that help you live well? I just came back from a conference where they were talking about like strength finders and personality types. And I I have the personality type where when I hear like, what do you do every day? My eyes start to glaze over. I'm like, I don't do anything every day. I left out three. daily. <laughs> Thank you. Three practices. That's right, three practices. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm totally like the eyes glaze over when I hear the word discipline or, you know. Um, but I think like when I think about how I operate naturally, I'm just very, I'm very relational and I'm very much an ideas person and I love information. I love learning. And so I feel like every day I'm learning something. Um, and even with social media and stuff, I, I tend to use it as a place to go to learn mm-hmm. um, and to see what other people are doing and to connect. And so it feels like, you know, obviously we can fall down a, a rabbit hole uh, on social media. But for me, it feels like a very hopeful place because I surround myself with hopeful people and I love to see what they're doing and what they're thinking and um, what they're promoting and what they're sharing because um, I just feel like I need doses of that, you know. So I feel like I'm learning every day. I'm I'm a natural encourager. And so I feel like I'm some, you know, whether it's a stranger or a, a friend online or my own kids, um, I feel like I'm encouraging someone every day. And I guess this is different than what I said, but what came to mind is I think I'm laughing every day. And if I'm not, I'm going to read my one friend that posts memes. <laughs> it's literally like cheap therapy for yeah. me sometimes. And I do. I need to I need mm-hmm. to laugh. Like I grew up in a funny family. 
um, praise God, one of my kids is developing that sense of humor that my dad <laughs> and my brother had, which is just always a little below the belt, you know, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It, it just keeps you guessing. And so I just feel like I need to laugh every day. And it's there's really something great. really obviously, you know, emotionally really healthy about that as well. So I think that's a good thing to put into practice. Um I, I would say maybe I think I do do that daily. That's awesome. I love that. Look at you. Being you do have some daily practices. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you for being on the podcast yeah. with me today. How can people connect with you? Yes. Um, well, if they know how to spell my name, they can find me on Facebook, uh, Melanie Sanukian. There's a silent J in there, but I'm sure as soon as you start typing, it'll come up. But I love to make new friends and meet new people and find out what we have in common. And um, I'm also on Instagram at SheSourceful, like she is resourceful, she's sourceful. And um, and then Trades of Hope, uh, if you go to www.mytradesofhope.com backslash and then my name, um, you can find that there. And, and I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised. I remember when I had heard of fair trade products like 20 years ago or something, everything looked the same. It's like the one necklace all made of beads. And because we partner with 16 countries around the world, the variety is incredible. It's very much on trend. Um, I've come a long way style wise because of um, what the women make and create. Like right now, you can't see, but I'm wearing like these tassel earrings. And if you would have told my five-year-ago self that I'd be 44 wearing tassel earrings, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> but um, it's just really joyful, um, beautiful stuff. And so um, they can. you can obviously shop for ethical gifts year-round, but we encourage people to part with, partner with us even further, host an event, which actually Beth's going to host an online birthday party for um, on Facebook, which is always really fun. Um, or I do speaking engagements. I speak at conferences, to women's groups, to girls' groups. I'm speaking at Girls, Inc. Um, later this month, and I've spoken to Girl Scouts and just, you know, empowering them to learn about how they can be part of the solution to poverty and um, those kinds of things around the world. Um, and so hosting is a great way. We always give free hostess rewards and stuff. They're a very generous company. And then the way that I think people can partner with us with the most exponential impact is actually join. And they make it really easy, $24 or $99 kit, and you get everything you need, including beautiful fair trade products. And then you become this pop-up shop and this advocate and this um, everyday Wonder Woman to kind of advocate for and and warrior on for women around the world and you get to look cute doing it so it kind of feels like a (laughs) win-win that's great yeah well thank you thank you for sharing and thanks for being here yay glad to be here thanks beth yes hey barrett soup here from be seen company i'm the producer of the balance by beth podcast and have been working hard behind the scenes to get these podcasts out into your hands we've gotten to hear so many great stories of people moved by this content in this podcast to live healthier lives, both physically, spiritually, and emotionally. If you have been directly influenced or know someone who has been influenced by this podcast and would like to become a supporter to keep this content coming, would you consider visiting Beth's Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash balanced by Beth. That's www.patreon.com forward slash balanced by Beth. Once again, we just thank you for your support. We hope you enjoy the show. Balanced by Beth is a podcast to inspire women to live strong. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personal medical advice. 